Hello, hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Therapy Reveal. This is Blue, your host for today's episode. And in today's episode, we are covering part three of our conversation with Emily Wu Trung, who is an award-winning national speaker, storyteller, and visual and performance artist. And you may remember from our last episode, we were talking with Emily about her personal experiences and stories that she has um, collected over the years as a mental health advocate and the things that she's seen. Um, so we're also we're also going to talk a little bit more about facing adversity, especially with her experience as a current mental health advocate. So I hope you enjoy this third part of our conversation with Emily. Like I, when I went to church recently, I not that I'm religious, but you know when you are out there in the world and you're trying to figure out like you know who can provide me with some spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, I take I take the parts that I like, right? Mm-hmm. And so this pastor, he says, and this is my interpretation of what he said. We're all in over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also says, and this is my interpretation. None of us have life figured out yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know that is right (laughs) yeah so I I just and I understand in some ways we are doing the best that we can but sometimes when we are doing the best we can that's not enough for (laughs) you know some people but then if other people cannot meet our expectation I think that's where we have to lower it and bring it down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> then no one can, you know, make you suffer anymore. Mm. I see. Right? Because Eleanor Roosevelt, she said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. That's true. Like you have right? to be the one to allow that to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you have to have conscious decisions and thinking patterns to ask yourself, am I giving my power away? Mm -hmm. Why am I letting this situation bother me every day? Right. Yeah. And that's where we have to make those conscious decisions of whether we allow these certain situations to affect us or not. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still learning this every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah. So we're all works in progress, you know? Yeah. So all of us are like this, you know, over our heads, right? And we don't know what the hell we're doing, you know? Honestly, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing like right now like we're just still figuring it out yeah yeah but we need to give people the space the safe spaces to to learn but also be accountable you Mm -hmm. know like when I went to Mark Keppel High School I was just like wow wow you guys have a conflict resolution class in high school (laughs) oh my god and you guys talk about accountability (gasps) 
Like we need more of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I honestly said in my speaking engagement to the high school students where even the mayor of Alhambra um, was present. I was so happy she was there to support me. <laughs> so honored. She even came like last minute. I'm like, oh, like, oh wow. my voice matters to you. <laughs> and so I when I um was speaking to the students I told them you know sometimes adults are not very good at accountability because why they were never taught it mm-hmm. we didn't have enough discussions about ac- open transparency accountability and humility because yeah. accountability even includes like you know having the courage to have honest open conversations Mm -hmm. that make you feel uncomfortable because you're trying to humble your ego yeah after hurting someone's feelings and having the collaborative spirit to be able to come together hear each other's side of the story and then say what can we do better so we don't come into this same predicament again mm-hmm. right. together collaboratively collaboratively come together to think together and try to make it so that you know it's not it, we can work together to solve the issue together not just like oh you know, I have all the answers and we don't want your input. So uh, let's make this law. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, why aren't you getting our feedback? Yeah. You like, know? Yeah. So, so yeah, there right now, actually, there is um, like there are controversial mental health Senate bills that are being uh, pushed forward um, mm-hmm. in the state of California. And I think that it's, you know, so crucial for Californians to understand these Senate bills that are being pushed forward, um, like Senate Bill 326 um, that Gavin Newsom is likely to sign off on. And it'll make it so that, and, and Gavin Newsom is using the word modernization of the MHSA, Mental Health Services Act, to designate. So the Mental Health Services Act, Proposition 63, many years ago, was created to um, tax, do a 1% on millionaires. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if person a person was considered a millionaire, they were... Um, they were requested to pay additional taxes. And so part of that money was going to go into like community services for individuals who need services and like, just like, like organizations like NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, which I've been part of for the last 10 years. Yeah. And so have have you heard of them? Actually, no. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay, so NAMI, I was so honored to be 
uh, involved with NAMI on many different levels, from the local level to the LA County level to the California level and uh, the national level. Mm-hmm. And they're a great, um, they're they're a good organization with uh, when it comes to support, like support as in the emotional support. So it, let's say that, you know, because for me, I did not feel like I had the support I needed from my own family to, you know, live in my truths um, and speak my mind because they're like, don't tell everyone that you have a condition, you know, like, you know, because I'm just like, well, I'm just trying to say that I have a mental health disability where, you know, I'm not able to actually hold down a full-time job because um, my disability prevents me from being able to, you know, I I just can't handle a full-time job. And Mm -hmm. because I'm all, I'm constantly always thinking outside the box and people are not always open to new ideas and, and it's, makes me feel like I'm a black sheep mm-hmm. in these organizations. Yeah. And, you know, because all they want people to do is just do the work, do the work, do the work. Don't question, don't question, don't question. Just do the work, do the work, do the work. I'm like, but I want to question. I want to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, what's the overall cause, you know? Okay. Yeah. And like that lifestyle is just not for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just realized that I don't, I actually don't, I'm not compatible with a full-time job because it's just, it's very restrictive. Yeah. Right? Repetitive too, I'd say. Yeah. 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 Because if I'm not able to work in a space that allows me to critically think and try to create Mm-hmm. um new things programs like I feel stifled right and so it's just I guess sometimes I feel like when people create jobs sometimes they don't realize that supervisors don't always have the good training to be able to honestly treat their employees with dignity and respect when they have different opinions. Yeah. And they don't always provide people, their employees or students, a school, you know, the students in school, they don't provide the safe spaces for people to call people out on their bullshit when they know that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for example, you know, bad teachers getting away with having an affair with a student. Oh. You know, or like, you know, and they never got caught. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, or just teachers not held accountable for being a mandated reporter when they were aware that their student was raped by a follow a fellow student 
mm-hmm. you know, and just there's just so much, you know, like lack of courage from people to who don't know how to step up when they know that things that are happening that are wrong like they turn a blind eye right right it's very discouraging yeah it is I think isn't that called the bystander effect where like that's part of it too yeah 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 because I actually do remember when I was in junior high here in the San Gabriel Valley like I saw a white kid a small scrawny white kid being bullied by a bigger um you know student and he just like his position was kind of like this he's like standing like this he put his foot out like that and then the student he he said tie my shoe mm. you know and yeah as a kid in junior high I'm like what is he doing yeah like what's going on yeah yeah and so I just I I I didn't like what I saw but at that time I I didn't have the words Mm -hmm. to to be able to confront the bully yeah who was actually my ear Mm -hmm. and I, I sometimes wonder if he ever, the bully ever apologized to, you know, the one that he bullied. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I was bullied, too. In yeah. Junior high. And nobody teaches you in school. Or not even your own parents teach you how to advocate for yourself. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even know the word advocacy until after college. Oh, wow that so while long after junior high yeah Yeah. exactly like I that was not really part of my vocabulary until after college because I never learned how to speak up for myself I mean sometimes I try to but in some ways I kind of felt like Maya Angelou growing up because I think a period of Maya Angelou's life, she became mute when some trauma happened to her. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I felt like I was traumatized when my own father, when I was a kid, he he shushed me or told me to go away when mm-hmm. I had a very valid reason. Like, you know, like we were talking about saving face earlier, right? Like yeah. we don't, Asian traditional parents are so fixated on saving face. So when I asked my dad, I'm like, dad if you care so much about saving face then why are you yelling at people over the phone right like it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. it's hypocritical mm-hmm. yeah yeah so then that's when my dad shushed me or told me to go away mm-hmm. and from then on that's when I realized that that's when my first 
or one of my um, early self-limiting thoughts began because that's when I started to tell myself my voice doesn't matter oh yeah 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 it's so sad yeah yeah right because I think our traumas are born from the misunderstandings that we have with people from our younger days and we don't have the opportunity to talk it out Mm -hmm. because the opportunity never arose right right and it's like in addition to that i feel like a lot of people just don't know how to bring Mm -hmm. it up and it's definitely something that that can be challenging if we don't know how to do it right right exactly but you know it's like I guess why I feel like I'm uh, the reason why I actually feel like I'm a spiritual healer is because I raise these topics <laughs> and and I know that it makes people feel very uncomfortable mm. but it's like we need to learn how to sit with that discomfort yeah and that's where the awkwardness comes out but if you can just sit in that discomfort a while longer you'll learn to tolerate it (laughs) (laughs) yeah eventually yeah right because it's like with practicing any skill communication is one of them Mm -hmm. right and then you just try to find all the vocabulary possible or you know, expose yourself to different speakers who teach you about trauma-informed care or like, you know, learning about microaggressions or, you know, what is the um, what is the American Disabilities Act and how can that help me to be, feel more protected, you know, or um, it's, it's, we we just and 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 just even trying to find safe spaces like support groups where we can have these open honest discussions without fearing any retaliation right mm-hmm. yeah cuz those those spaces are so important and that's why i actually facilitate support groups um so good. because yeah yeah cuz i mean people need to feel heard and seen and I like being able to provide that safe space for people and but most of the time I think people are just like like for example like sometimes like for support groups and stuff I actually am one of the first people to speak out and share and and I what I do realize is that when when one person shares their story from their heart authentically yeah it gives everyone else after that the permission to do the same yeah because then they would feel comfortable i get that yeah yeah so that's why i i usually you know sometimes start first and 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 that 
you know, because mm -hmm. cause having, taking that first step, you know, you may be a nonconformist, but, you know, mm -hmm. like, I believe in um, sharing my story so that other people don't feel alone. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> uh, but we all gotta you know live in our truths tell our stories and you know that's my my husband that you just saw walking up and down yeah, I saw yeah yeah he's actually my angel and you know he's seen all sides of me he's seen my angry side and you know and that side has been coming out more so over this last year um, cause I've been learning to feel all of my uncomfortable emotions, mm -hmm. which, and this is what I call shadow work. Yeah. Because once you learn to truly face yourself and get to know yourself and learn how to be your own best friend and, you know, keep encouraging yourself despite all the mistakes you've made in your life. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you know, um, I mean, I actually listen to my speaking engagements to try to keep me encouraged because mm -hmm. we can we can be very forgetful human beings and we have to learn a lesson over and over and over until the universe is like, okay, I think you have, you, you figured it out now. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's move on. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, I think you need a lesson in patience. Let's see if you can do that, you know? <laughs> and then, yes. you know uh, so the universe sends you many different lessons. Like, okay, let's see how much you can tolerate today. <laughs> you know, like. uh, well, that's it for today's therapy reveal. I hope you guys learned a thing or two from Emily's experiences as an active mental health advocate and hope you guys will stick around and stay tuned for the fourth and final episode of the Facing Adversity series with Emily Wu Trung. And this fourth and final episode of the series will be released next Wednesday at around this same time. And I hope to see you guys then. Until next time. <laughs>